And greetings, everybody, and welcome to another commentary podcast for Dixie Stenberg. This time, episode 37, The Rattling Return. With the allied Host Seth Adam Sher here, as always, with uh, the assistant director of awesomeness, Mr. Jim Hamilton. Say howdy ho, everyone. And, as always, our fabulous writer of this show, Mr. Jeffrey Bridges. Say hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing well. How are you? All right, all right. Good to have Jim back with us this month. Yay. Welcome back, And thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I love using the scratched, the record scratch needle effect. Yeah, and unlike in most other pendant shows, it actually fits here, because they had records. So, you know. This is true. Before Dixie ran out of room to run. Now I've got you, lady. I ain't afraid to slug you, you know. Just hear me. Now we have the confrontation that everyone's been waiting for, or at least hopefully everyone who listens to Dixie has been waiting for. Yeah, I'm betting there's going to be a bunch of people who listen to this and they're like, Who's Francie? What? <laughs> you got to listen, people. You got to remember. <laughs> you have been listening to the show, haven't you? All good Americans do. Mm. Uncle Umket would be sad if you haven't. Why do you have to be so... So this episode um, is when we finally get to find out uh, what happened between Dixie and Francie, obviously, and why Dixie is as brash and distant from a lot of people as she is. It took, you know, 37 episodes, but we got there. <laughs> finally. Well, it seems she has been changing somewhat over the last um, year, at the very least. She has, yes. A bit more than usual, I would say. Right, she's she's softening a little bit. But this is, you know, the genesis of where that, you know, classic Dixie rawr, attitude came from. So. to have all the attention I got in school? Everyone looking at you all the time, waiting for you to make a mistake. And this is uh, played by Andrea Fontenot, if I'm not mistaken. Fontenot. Andrea Fontenot. <laughs> my apologies. I apologies. My apologies, Andrea. Then I mispronounced your name in the end credits. Go me. Yeah, she's directing you in Oops. Batman now, so watch out. She'll oh, start God. cutting your lines left and right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whatever shall you do? You know, I know Tim is, like, you know, very popular, but... He shouldn't be that popular. You know, I, I don't want to relinquish the, the costume to him just yet. Please, thank you, please. Thank you. <laughs> Although Scotty may have a thing or two to say about that. And I take it we're not talking about Scotty. Scotty. No, we're talking about Scotty V, who plays Robin. But that's not Dixie. So, Scotty here, Dixie, Scotty. but he's corny over uh, here. Cornelius Robertson's Pearson, yes. 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 This scene was, um, it was weird to write because Dixie is so overly defensive, even for her, and she's very snippy, and she's, you know, firing back at Francie left and right, and so it was yeah. interesting writing her being a lot, 
you know, angry or a lot more hurt than she usually is, because she usually doesn't show that vulnerability, yeah, you know, because she closed it off because of Francie, so yeah. um, this was a, a big different, it's a really big scene for Dixie as a character. And she holds it, she does it very well, and they play off each other really well. Bless you, both of you. At least when I hurt you, it wasn't intentional. Oh, no? And I wanted to mention, too, that I cast uh, Andrea, when I heard her audition, it was absolutely perfect, because to me, she sounds a lot like Frank in in uh, cadence and, you know, uh, the way she speaks. And so it, it, I really like that, because she sounds like a, a younger female Frank, who doesn't use the uh, weird speech pattern that Frank has quite so much, but I threw a couple lines in there for her. Yeah. Nice touch there. And for those of you who are listening really well, you can still hear the party going on on one side of the... Yeah, I really liked that. It was it really sounded very much in the background, like kind of off to the side. It was really cool. It was very nicely done. Thank you. Doing the stereo makes a teensy bit more this year. If you notice, it's, it's kind of been growing a little bit since the first season. Every every now and then, yeah. I... I, I t- uh, Pick it up a little. So that means that the very last episode is going to be full-on stereo. Nice. Episode 50, the one stereo episode. And that's the one to to do in stereo, let me tell you. So... I was wondering if that pause there, there was a, a lengthy pause, um, uncomfortable mm-hmm. pause. I was wondering if it might have been too lengthy pause, but I actually decided to let it go because it's supposed to be kind of uncomfortable anyway. Right, and I think that's, yeah, I think it was a good length, because it came off as they were both just, you know, standing there next to each other, and neither of them's very comfortable with how things are going. So, yeah, it felt just as awkward as it should have, I think. Cool. The Tommy Dixie shippers will be very happy. You deserve it. Uh, with this episode, yes, I would imagine, especially at the end. Oh yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Dixie searched within herself, knowing she wanted to say something more. She just looked at her old friend. A million emotions running through her mind at once. Memories flashing rapidly through her mind. Flash, flash. It was all too much. And the words would not form. That's our Dixie. Take care of yourself. I will. Yeah, she's getting a whole lot better at the socializing thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then a slightly longer uh, pullback from there. uh, Fade out. To show them yeah, to show I noticed. Walking away. And now, a word from our sponsor. Well, that's good because it's it's a bigger switch in gears than usual. You're going from something that was a lot more serious to something that's really ridiculous. So, <laughs> as appropriately ridiculous as it should be. Yeah, this is one of the few products that we've uh, revisited in the commercials. I mean, updated you, new and improved or whatever. But I've only done that a couple of times. But um, when I was looking for commercials to base you know, stuff off of. There was one that was just for a rat poison. And there's a few lines from it in here, but I thought, well, I've already done, uh, like, an insecticide, so I thought yeah. I'd just use that to update it with, you know, Ratu just sort of 
I mean, that's not very creative. Come on, it's just rats too. So, but it's a great name. I mean, and Bill Young <laughs> sells it so well with the the rolling of the R's. Yes, yes. Ratu. <laughs> I was wondering how. There. Yeah, I was wondering how exactly how sly I should uh, do that line. Did it a couple mm-hmm. of times. But thank you for choosing that one, Jim. Boy, You're welcome, howdy. sir. Of course. Have there been any advancements in the effectiveness or composition of the Umket Super Death Agent? Indeed, there have. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of my favoriteest things to do as the commercial announcer is his crazy gasps. They just crack me up to do. Oh, I had to go for the insane one right there. The gasps are definitely a fun part of the commercials. That actually was um, something that was in uh, the commercial that I pulled this from, a long-known uh, you know, component that was discovered during the war, and this commercial was from not that long after the war, which, so that cracked me up and it had to go in. Oh, that's great. Do you have the original ad somewhere? I'm sure I do somewhere. I've got a folder full of, you know, like, a hundred or two hundred different OTR ads, but I, at this point, I, you know, I keep saying I'm going to take notes on which ones I'm using, but I never do, yeah. so I'm going to stop saying it because I'm looking like an ass now, so. <laughs> it's one of them, I don't know which. That might be an interesting extra to sort of give the public access to some of the commercials that that you use to to inspire some of these commercials. After the show is over, that's something interesting. Exactly. Yeah, maybe after after I'm done scripting, I'll see if I can pull together all the ones that I've gotten. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Rats should die. I also, I didn't initially intend for the um, Ratu uh, Super Death Agent to to be a a cocaine analogy, but um, (laughs) I I didn't know exactly um, what I was going to do with it, because the last time we used the Super Death Agent, you know, everyone was spraying it on Billingsley and, you know, all of that stuff, so I didn't know exactly what to do uh, this time, and obviously, you know, Fortune's the new uh, commercial patsy. So um, I didn't know I didn't want to just do the same thing over again, and it was a line uh, actually in the original commercial I think where you could get it from your local dealer, which you know they say at the end of this commercial, and that's what that's where I hit on it. I'm like your dealer, oh yeah, your dealer down on the corner because it's like a drug, and so that's where I got the whole that whole little sub bit from. Well done, sir. I must applaud you on that, sir. Good to have a bad influence there. (laughs) (laughs) And M carries it rather well. Hmm. Yeah, it was the thing that the the commercial was missing to to tie it in together. It just seemed a little flat without that, and that's when I got it, and I was like, ah, that's it, and I got to add all that in in it. Then I felt it it came together nicely. Well, she's turning green. 
Oh, it's a product, all right. He probably does. <laughs> Under his coat. <laughs> well done, sir. Yeah, that image also amuses me to no end. The thought of some guy, you know, standing on a street corner with like a trench coat holding boxes of rat poison. That's just <laughs> cracks me up. And straws. That's a great touch. Surely you will feel no <laughs> ill effects. Once again, the sound I love so much. The mental e-powers. <laughs> right on. The deceased will no longer be buried due to a shortage of land. This entire prediction, by the way, I did not embellish at all. This is directly from uh, Criswell. It's, it's like word for word one of his old ridiculous predictions. I think I only changed the year. Nice. So, oh, uh, yeah. Nice. It's really, I couldn't make that stuff up. <laughs> Cremated and well, compressed you could, but into dice. I mean, Lord, that's perfect <laughs> on its own. We now return our program as we check in with the dastardly forces of SC. And we get a new location for our dastardly scar forces. Thank well, you once again. <laughs> waiting in a field like they were the last time guys disappeared. Well, yeah, but okay, then we will get a new. Environment for our dash. Yes, there will be one. This was uh, weird though too. Uh, here, where they're saying East Motherland. That was the first time I had to consider that Germany wasn't a whole because it, you know it was split after the war, and that's really weird to think of because now, of course, it's you know it's been whole again for how many years now, and so my brain, I totally didn't pick up on that. Like the first time, I'm like, oh crap, it's not a single country at that point in time. So. <laughs> Yeah, Ursula and Rattle are just, I love them together. They're just fantastic. They're so hilarious. <laughs> oh, their ad libs are great. Making out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this is just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think anyone is listening to you. You smelly flesh <laughs> Welcome back, Nebly. Nebly? Nebby. Nebly. Nebly. We can't shoot you. No. We need you to find the beast. Since it escaped, we... Don't care about a beast any longer. Well, you know, there is evil to do. Yes! Now that's hard to take from Billingsley. His heart isn't in evil anymore. What's going on? Oh, you know, he's without his nemesis, he's just not the same. We must find Dixie Stenberg and Grassy Battalion and wipe them from the... Yes, that's the problem. There's no Dixie. Hmm. Battalion was decommissioned. Yet. And we've won? No, you imbecile. we So he says... And defeat what doesn't exist. Don't Dixie's spirits to break and crush under the heel of my boot... That's a sad thing to hear. <laughs> That's just cruel. I haven't had soup in ages. There's no soup out in this field. 
and we've been waiting for Geist for over a year. Once again, the uh, for those who keep track of these things, you know, like me, um, the uh, the SCAR uh, evil music, um, mm-hmm. which is the Susa. Uh, score entitled The Darkies Temptation. It's actually slowed down about 25% from the actual from the actual uh, track. Right. But it's like the one I've been using since uh, the first season. Yeah, I know. It's like their own little theme. It's pretty cool. I think it fits nice. I thought so. I also thought it was really... Uh, uh, really well done here, where Geist's voice switches to Rennie mid-sentence. That was that was really nicely done. Yeah, I was just gonna comment on that myself. Excellent actually, job by Cat there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> bunt is a verb now. Never to bunt again. <laughs> Also, I couldn't believe how long that went on. <laughs> yeah, still going. Good touch there, Cat. Thank you. Thank you for the nose. I got it. Thank you for not doing a Darth Vader no. Thank you. <laughs> no! <laughs> Stop that right now. Isn't this a party? And this bit with uh, uh, Withers That's coming. That's so weird. Coming in all smashed. Uh, I didn't want to do the standard smash. They're just, you know, slurring their words or whatever. And I thought, since Withersby's always, you know, really precise in his choice of words, and he, you know, he's always throwing out all of these uh, extra words that you don't really need, I thought it would just be better if he just used all the wrong words because he wasn't, you know, <laughs> bothering to choose the right ones. So. It's a lovely, lovely side of Withersby. I hope we never see again. <laughs> <laughs> Am I correct in remembering that this is one of the episodes where I didn't just mix the commercial and, and the credits? I, I think I mixed this scene. I believe you did mix it. Uh, I, I added the background music, uh, but you did everything else. Don't you love it when you can't remember what you've done? Yes, I believe oh my you did. Goodness. It was one of those crazy months where I was way too busy. Like October. <laughs> like every month this year for me. Hello, kitty. Oh, my cat is awake. Oh, wonderful. There will probably be commentary from the cat, too. Wouldn't be a commentary without one of your cats. Meat type meow? <laughs> yes, that will be in the blooper room. It's kind of fun hearing Withers be all loosened up since he's always so incredibly, you know, stiff and uptight. Almost sounds like he's yawning. Almost. Oh, wait. 
The script note did say getting sleepy, so. I haven't read the script in uh, since I um, finished mixing this episode, actually. I hadn't read it since I wrote it, but I'm looking at it now. <laughs> hey, that's cheating! No, not really. Dixie spent the night in merriment with her friends. She danced with Cornelius. There was a little surprise in the announcer voice there. Dixie dancing? It's about as unusual as the doctor dancing. She drank with Yeah, this bit was fun trying to figure out what, you know, give her a little like mini scene which e with each of them trying to figure out what they would, you know, do. She ate. With Joseph. And this <laughs> is my ma's recipe for chicken parmesan. Mm. <laughs> I'm surprised the phone didn't start ringing there. <laughs> and a very nice little musical interlude here from Alicia. Doing a fine Thank job you, singing in Lily's voice, by the way. I think that was the hardest line choice I had on this particular episode, was picking, I, I believe it was that one, uh, trying to pick which take to use of her vocals there. She talked shop with And don't get your britches in a bunch, but I think I might be able to get us some turbos to play around with. Jet? Turbos. Turbos. She challenged Freudenberg in a robot repair contest. Now that was just weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a jackhammer going on in the background there. And the shippers are happy again. Parting like the Red Sea. Thank you for that. Does he make you happy? <laughs> yeah. Then hold on to him and never let go. You deserve it. Suddenly, all the room stopped to watch Dixie as she stood before Thomas, a goofy grin on her face. Dixie. I think that's also the only time I've ever described Dixie as having a grin of any kind, probably. Although she's gotten a little smirky, but usually when she's flying and about to shoot someone down, you know. Yeah. Either, yeah, a little chirpy or maniacal. <coughs> yeah. This is a little... Yeah, this episode is a big, you know, I guess kind of like a turning point for her, so... And what a turning point it is. Listen. Yeah, and as soon as I knew that this event was happening, this episode, I knew it had to go that way, with Dixie being the one to propose, because she'd never let it go the other way, so. Yeah. I heard about the party from Wednesday And here's the dope moment. <laughs> and what a dope moment it is. And <laughs> And she uttered a single word. Bullocks! the room, there was one other word. The room How many uh, recordings of Bullocks did uh, did M send in? Um, you know, normally M does quite a few different takes on 
pretty much every line she sends. Yeah. I'm sure it was six, seven, eight, something along those lines. She gives me quite the kaleidoscope of uh, line reads to choose from. Yes, she does. And speaking of line reads, uh, Seth, that's a mighty happy announcer in the credits here. My goodness. Yeah. Steve Anderson, that's Reginald. He's getting a little bit more involved as the show goes on, so, you know. It felt only fair. Yes. Uh, speaking of the two of them, I love your the way that you read her second credit and second credit. Where you're kind of like, M. Ciro Garcia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it harkens back to when... Um, Abner? Uh, oh, Abner when Abner the, was on. Yeah. Jacques the yeah, when he was Harry in, the CEO. Right, when he was in that uh, mm-hmm. that, that one episode, you know, side by side. Cornelius Robert Pearson. Of course. I've got the biggest heart. Now, where are my grandsons? <laughs> but we already have it. Anthony Piscelli. Nice cut off there. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I was made it thin, I couldn't eat. That would be criminal. No, see, you're missing the Chris Britton <laughs> as Thomas. <laughs> 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 Thank Thank you. I love how he keeps getting more and more pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Very little as Benedict Daderchenko. I see it too, comrade. Even Thomas's uniform is like color of tin man. No, that's not what I'm saying. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. You look frustrated, honey. It's not so hard. He's made out of tin. <laughs> There's <laughs> a nice ad-libbing from Pete here. Oh, <laughs> that was just <laughs> sick, Cat. Ugh. No more guy. No more guy means no one else will star with a blue ghostly iron fist. Does this mean I get to pretend to be in charge again? No. You never let me have any fun. Ah, Volker, we love your logic, but no. Erapolodius Ursula Unger. David Alexander McDonald <laughs> as Walter Falkenstein. Yeah, a little bit maybe too happy there. It sounds like he just really, really loves Zeta Squad. Well, they are lovable. Falkenstein is kind of like the anti-grumpy Smurf. Yeah, children are nice. What you David Alt as SCAR. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he loves Scar. <laughs> you don't want a family someday? Well, yes. Maybe if I come to white person. Oh, I see. Fine. Uh-oh. No more buns for you. No more <sighs> butt either. <coughs> well. <laughs> Didn't your mother ever say that to you? No more butts. It's perfectly innocent. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, I believe you. 
Anyway. Bill Young as the amazing Noel. If you say so. <laughs> it does. This show just went places even I never thought it would. <laughs> M. Sierra Garcia as Miss Fortune Divine. Nazis got back. Well, oh, yeah. M. Sierra Garcia <laughs> as Nev. Oh, I'll get you back. You can count on that puppet. Ryan Pickens as Robot 153. Well, that was creepy. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. I'm waiting for Kristen, boy. Evil again? Yeah. That woman had two entirely different voices. How did she do that? I can do it too. Amanda did this line fantastically, by the way. <laughs> That's too funny. Bridges as the commercial Yay. Did we already pass Christy? Yeah. We did. But she pops up again, you know, at the end. Yes. You've been listening to a production Still with the happy Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Brought to you by Umket's Super Death Agent. Now with Ratoon. <laughs> <laughs> You're all happy. Marriage proposal is such happy time. Stay safe, America, and good night. Except on the side of the road. I like big <laughs> There we go. When a girl walks in with anybody wasting around thinking, yo, hold up. Who wrote these lyrics? This is not radio appropriate in the least bit. My goodness. I'm blushing. <laughs> An appropriate place to put Jeff, to put Jeffrey there. She did a nice John Sagan character with that. Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2009, Productions. For more information, visit That's our Chris. When will this ever be allowed to be played on the radio? A little social commentary there. Hmm, I wonder. Oh yeah. And there you have it, folks. Episode 37 of this fine, fantastic Umket Industries show. Hooray! Thank you for being Woot. here. And we will see you or hear you next month when more stuff Yay! happens. More stuff happens. You heard it here first. A lot more stuff. Yay, stuff. Woo. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. And you. Bye. Bye.